The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everyone, and happy Saturday. Today is Saturday, April 29th, and on day two of the 2023 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles selected Alabama offensive lineman Tyler Steen with the 65th pick and Illinois safety Sidney Brown with the 66th pick. After the conclusion of day two, Eagles general manager Howie Roseman and head coach Nick Sirianni both spoke with the Philly media and are at the podium with the presser that's locked, loaded, and ready for you. I am your host, Rachel Prevet, and this podcast is brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Howie Roseman explained what went into the decision to move back three spots from number 62 to number 65. He described the characteristics that made safety Sidney Brown special and talked about why he believes that Eagles fans will love him. And he also stressed the significance of the Red Star guys and what goes into the process of identifying and narrowing them down. Nick Sirianni was asked how he views Alabama offensive lineman Tyler Steen and was also asked about the chance of him competing for the right guard spot. Take a listen. Nick, I was going to ask you about uh, Steen. Uh, He he was introduced as a guard, um, played tackle. Yeah, obviously we want to get him here and, and get and work with them and see what what will happen next week at rookie mini camp and uh, get him a billion. But we you know we think he has good flexibility. He's played you know been able to play, um, and we feel like he can play both both positions. And we'll see what happens. You we'll foresee it. Talk before about the, the I was prepared for this question. My PR guys gave me a heads up that you were on this boat, that you tweeted or. Yeah, that's what I said. That's why I was giving him a, I was giving him a little bit of love. Yeah, what is it about Sydney that I mean, you think that? I'm also curious about Sean and Josh. Well, I think the first part is um, we still need safeties, right? So you got to evaluate them. And obviously, um, you know, for us, um, when I talked about that, I was talking about the specific usage. And when you look at Sydney, um, the way they used him at Illinois, uh, they used him a, a lot around the box that he would blitz. He, he'd cover a tight end. He'd play in the run game. And so you kind of had an incomplete evaluation. And then the senior bowl, which uh, Jim Nagy staff did a tremendous job there, 
they give us the opportunity to see him uh, being a post player, playing in the deep half, playing one-on-ones, and you saw the athleticism. And I think that really helped complete our process. You know, Cindy Brown was, was a passion player for a lot of people in this organization. He was a, a Red Star guy. Um, and I think, you know, just a tremendous person um, with obviously really good athletic tools, um, leadership ability, and, um, you know, for us, um, just excited to get him in the building. Yeah, you know, I've, obviously for us, uh, the important thing is making sure, you know, we're, we're not, uh, it's not our scheme, it's not our system. We tell our scouts all the time, like we, we have to find players that fit what our coaches are looking for. And, and Nick and his staff do a tremendous job of trying to display, uh, explain in detail what they're looking for at each position. And, you know, coach does a great job of showing video clips of here's what I'm looking for at this spot, at this position. So, now, when we send our scouts on the road, they they really can visualize in their head how this guy will look on our system. And so Sean does the same thing for us. And, um, you know, we were able to talk to him about him and his vision for Sydney. Along the lines of the senior bowl, how valuable was was that for Tyler Steen as far as playing guard? Yeah, really valuable. You know, you get to see him in the SEC playing tackle. And, um, you know, him going from Vandy to uh, Alabama, uh, I think was a huge growth and, playing left tackle for the University of Alabama. Obviously, that's a high-profile position. Uh, there have been a lot of NFL players play that position. And um, and you watch him play tackle, and he's had success there. And then uh, he moved at the senior bowl. He played guard. You can see him uh, moving people off the ball. You can see his athleticism in space. You know, this is a 6'6", 320-pound guy um, who started in the SEC and a smart guy, uh, comes from a great family. And Obviously, um, Coach Stalin, big part of our process as well, like we talked about with Coach Desai, and I'm um, really excited to get his hands on him. Nick, will Tyler have a chance to compete for the right guard spot? <laughs> like, well, this is, that's really a long way away. Um, we don't have to make that decision for a while, but best player will play at that position, and we feel like we have some good options. And, hey, the reason why we, we took him is because we feel, we feel good about it. Everybody in the building feels good about him. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's too early to say – that, but the best player will play. So I guess that that kind of answers. Uh, when you, you, that Brown when was you a talk about when you talk about posts. yeah, keep going. You argue, oh, argue know, it out. That was the longest one they went, and you gave up. You gave up at the end. Come on, Mark. Yeah, don't quit. Don't be a quitter. Yeah, was good at shouting out. Sorry, I'm good at shouting out. Post safeties, how he was mentioning from your perspective as an offensive guy, Nick. What what makes those post safeties difficult for you as as sort of an offensive scheme or play call? What do you look for traits for? Yeah, I mean, it, you want the like you, you get worried about guys on offense, the, the guys that are playing in the middle of the field to have range, right? That can that can cover, and we definitely think uh, that Sydney has that that he can get to the ball. He has great range to make plays from hash to hash. And uh, so that's that's one thing that you really are concerned about, just that that ability to to, uh, you know, just make plays all over the field. And then also you're not blocking that guy. Right. You know, you don't. It's very rare in the post safety that you have somebody responsible for him happens on a a select few number of plays. But, um, you know, and so you look you look if a guy is not a great tackler, you you think to yourself, well, if I get through here, it's almost like there's no there's nobody there left. And, we, we you know. Um, we really think that he he can tackle. He makes plays uh, uh, on the ball in, in space, and so uh, you know that's that's the offensive perspective of a of a deep safety. So when, what went into the decision to move back? You know, three spots. I mean, was it you thought you can get Tyler there, plus get 
Um, you know, I think, I think for us, uh, we want to take a couple more shots tomorrow. Um, and so we, we understood, we, we didn't know, um, we were really kind of, uh, trying to bring some good luck into it. So we didn't lose these two guys. Um, but I thought for us to get, uh, another middle six round pick and to get another shot in the seventh round, um, we want to take those shots. Those have been some high upside shots for us. Um, when I think about some of the picks we've hit on the sixth and seventh round and um, just getting those shots, uh, I think also gives our staff some juice when they walk in the, in tomorrow morning. And um, I think we got a tremendous staff. And, and when I, I see the, our scouting staff and you think about, all right, they're coming in tomorrow, we got two picks, you know, that's um, that was something that I, I was thinking of when we made that trade and felt like, um, to have four times to call guys, you know, it's it's fun to get everyone in and to call guys and to get draft picks and um, to have four more chances at that tomorrow instead of two. Um, and and that six round pick, you know, we thought uh, was worth waiting three spots for. Who were the? Uh, who were the uh, follow up on on the on the on the on the, on the, on the, the scouting staff. I'm sorry. Was that for a lot of time on the road? Who's going through having to um, Phil Baya. Uh, is primarily responsible for the SEC. I mean, he has over-the-top responsibilities as well. You know, Phil's um, a local guy who played at Princeton, and um, you know, he's he's a tremendous young scout, and um, he's got he's got a pretty wide skill set. And then Alan Walking um, goes every year, um, and obviously, you know, we have other guys who've been in there, and um, you know, I, I think those guys do, do a tremendous job in the SEC. And um, it was funny because uh, I was saying this, and I'm not. <laughs> trying to overshadow the, those guys because they do a great job. But um, I went to uh, Georgia last year uh, at practice, and it, I remember, like, coming back and being, like, and coach was like, um, who'd you like there? And I'm like, I don't know, like the whole defense, you know? And um, and it's just uh, kind of amazing to think of all these guys that we got. You know, these two guys came in today, and I know you guys had a chance to sit down with them. And, um you know, they're like lobbying for like three more guys. And um, I think that, that, you know, what, what is it? The e, uh, EPL is it was that European soccer league. Is that, what, no, what is it? Is that it? Yeah. yeah, but Premier League, I'm losing my mind. So tonight, but they relegate teams. I was worried they were going to relegate us to the SEC if we took more Georgia guys. So. How you mentioned um, uh, Brown being. Oh yeah. No problem. <laughs> you mentioned Brown being a passion player. Um, who, who were the, who were, I guess the evaluators that were passionate about him and why? Yeah, I don't think that's fair to kind of signal those guys out individually. Um, you know, at the end of the day, um, if he if he doesn't work out, it's my fault. If he's good, it's my responsibility. Um, but you know, Sandra, what are the characteristics that make uh, that type of player make people so passionate about? Yeah, I mean, Jeff, when you watch him on tape, I mean, this guy flies around. Um, he's got exceptional play tempo. Um, you know, he's uh, he's a big hitter. Um, you see him flying around, making plays on the ball. He can find the ball. Um, but like I said, he, he can blitz, you know, he can play in the run game. He can cover the slot. He can cover tight ends. And he's one of those guys. He's fun to watch, uh, the way he plays the game. And I, I think our fans are going to love Sidney Brown and, um, we're excited to get him here. That that's a guy who kind of exemplifies what it means to be an eagle. So it's a, a great character, uh, captain, um, testing numbers, intelligence, um, plays the way it should be played, practices the way it should be played, and 
Um, we sit there the day before the draft. We do that Wednesday, right? We did that yesterday, mm-hmm. Wednesday. And um, we go around the room and we give every scout a chance to um, stamp their red star on guys. And uh, goes back. It's a long tradition, um, not only here but a, a couple of other places that people have been. And um, what it, when we're looking at the draft board, we have a red star on the guys. And um, you know, Jeffrey, a lot of times we'll go, "Hey, um, we're, don't forget, and we're deciding between those two guys. That's a red star guy." And um, I think for us, it, it gives uh, our scouts a chance to really. Uh, put their name on guys, and uh, that gives them a, little, a lot of pride. Generally speaking, how many guys get that? We got a lot of red stars on this example. Uh, on this list, you know, Devontae Smith would be a red star. Uh, Landon Dickerson would be a red star. Um, I'd probably go down 15 red stars. We, we like our red star guys because uh, they're passion players for us. Generally speaking, how many guys get that distinction? Um, about 10 and they're all different levels of the draft. They don't necessarily mean the first round. You know, there are guys that are in the fifth and sixth round. They're undrafted free agents that are red star guys. You know, sometimes the scouts, um, they understand the first round pick. The first round picks are usually organizational decisions, right? Like, uh, those are ones that where everyone's involved in. Um, and, but when you get later in the draft and certainly when you get into the undrafted free agent process, you know, guys have a chance to put their name on guys and, and go recruit guys. And they do it with our coaches it's really a fun process, and um, you know uh, the other part we have to do on Wednesday is is the bills come due, right? Wait, right. right now, this is the bills. Yeah, we have to pay our bills. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyone, any scout or coach? Oh, who gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Any scout or coach? Yeah, any scout or coach who uh, has an undrafted free agent from their area or a position coach. I wasn't calling Brett, but I was looking at bills. So. Brett, don't listen <laughs> at this point, please. Um, uh, come do, um, we give them a little cash bonus. And, um, and so if they make the, if we have an undrafted free agent who makes the roster, the position coach gets a little bonus and the area scout where it comes from gets a bonus. And, um, the race is on, you know, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, tomorrow afternoon, the race will be on. Uh, it's a, it's a prideful thing. And, uh, it's right. We make them wait a year. To get that bonus, because I, I just I was just, just thinking about that. I, I was just thinking about that. It's almost like they should charge interest on us. Like, <laughs> well, what would the bank? That would be like three percent. You guys have added, uh, three no, guys. nobody cares. <laughs> you guys have had. <laughs> They're talking about us. Okay, you guys have added three O linemen uh, in the first couple rounds of the last three years. Mm-hmm. How important was it to replenish the young talent on O line? Yeah, I, I think for us, it, it's what we believe in. It's what we stand for. And uh, I think, you know, for us to come into the draft and uh, try to make sure the value um, hits the position is important as well. You know, I think when we look at the first round, um, you know, those positions, the, the defensive linemen that we drafted, they were the right guys at the right position in the draft for us. Um, you know, the boards kind of spoke to us for both those guys. And, um, you know, when we're picking this late, um, in the second round, obviously there are gonna be a lot of guys go, you know, you always start the day and, um, you're sitting there and you, you got a, a couple of guys and you're like, man, that'd be great if this guy goes. And, um, you know, at, at one point I'm like, how many more picks do we pick? And they're like, 28. And I was like, okay, you know, why don't you guys tell me every five picks, you know, how many more, but it, it's a long kind of process till you get to the 31st pick in the round. And, uh, I think when we were there, um, we looked up and and we had kind of kept our eye on it and saw uh, two guys that we really liked. We got a little, a couple of good luck charms uh, there that, that we just go through. Just fun, so not nothing, you know. We we, we coach is not superstitious. Mm-hmm. 
He doesn't believe in it, so I can't I can't really go there. Are you superstitious? Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.